guys, welcome to the A Show. We are back with our weekly. What was that? That fucking sucked. How? What? It was like watching uh, Raw and waiting for the mystery partner and the big show. <laughs> That's what that opened felt. Dang, like. it disappointed you that much? Yep. When you opened your mouth, it, you basically said, Well. Oh my god. Yep. Well, we're going with it. Okay. So. Welcome, guys, to the A Show. We're yeah. back with our. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's a new decade, and we're. Hey, very true. We've lasted two decades. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. Hey, we've been podcasting in two different decades. They said it couldn't be done. All right. Shall we get right into some wrestling? What you want to talk about? Let's go with SmackDown first. Okay. Okay. Because we're we're missing we're. We've been a while, uh, excuse me, we've been away for a while, so we may, today's the 6th, mm-hmm. so we're going to kind of skip last week's Raw. Well, we'll I mean, we'll we're going to... talk about some things. Some but, things we can't skip over, right. they're just too, I mean... So we're going to start with the, the SmackDown from the 3rd. The 3rd of January, yeah. Fresh, fresh new year, new year, new me. Yeah. Blech. Okay, last week... Meaning, like, two weeks ago, because I'm trying to get you guys... So, so not last week. So, <laughs> okay, so two weeks ago... So last week, twice. We had Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin, and Miz in a triple threat match to see who will become the number one contender to face the Fiend at Royal Rumble. So Bryan won, obviously, right? And this past Friday night, we see Miz and Brian backstage with Miz telling Daniel to defeat the Fiend, not just for him, but for everyone. So Miz is still moping around. He's still distraught over what the Fiend has done to his family. So there's that. (laughs) What? You don't like it? It's getting stale. Well, the Miz is getting stale. I mean, I don't... I was never a Miz fan. I don't really care what he does. Is this last Friday or two weeks ago? Last Friday. So not so four days ago. Yeah. You said two weeks ago. No, that happened two weeks ago. Right. Move on from that crap. Get into this week. That's that was last year, Ashley. That was a year ago. I wanted to catch everyone up. Do you want to talk about the women, Sasha, Lacey? Bailey, Dana Brooke, who apparently is a future women's champion, according to Michael Cole. I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't see it. Michael's, Michael Cole can go kick rocks. No, to be honest. I mean, okay, look, but... Look, let's be real. Nothing's going to change until the rumble. Anyway, with this, right? They're not moving it off of Becky. I mean, excuse me, off of Bailey. Bailey, yeah. At, at rumble. And we're, we don't care about this. We care about who's going to be the champion after Rumble, which mm-hmm. is going to be Bailey, and we care about who wins the Rumble. This is bullshit. We're waiting. Yeah, this is like shit. We got three weeks. To well, play. I do so. want to just quickly mention that I've been enjoying watching Lacey Evans lately. Oh, me too. You have? I mean, she is. Yeah, I think she has everything it takes to oh, be. I don't know if she wrestles good. I just don't. like looking at her. Okay. Well, she wrestles good too, and good. she she has improved a lot she's since a, her thing with Becky. She's a large. Her lady. back 
have you seen her back like how toned it is i would love to see her versus charlotte because they're both about the same height both the blondes with that have you heard uh elias and lacey evans duet that they put out have not on the social media would you like to get a little sample uh yeah okay So, not only can she wrestle, not only should she have a good character, not only should she have an adorable kid, she can also sing her ass off. That's pretty good. I mean, shut the kid up and we'll see. Well, okay. I, look, I agree. Children <laughs> usually ruin everything. Nice I'm so sick, they still have nothing for Elias. He's just back in the ring, playing his songs. Was he on this week? I didn't watch yeah, this week. Yeah, I will admit his song... Uh, Pretty it was catchy. pretty good this yeah pretty catchy but that was it that was it for Elias <sighs> move on alright do you want to talk about Shorty G well, facing and you know I, the, the reason you have to is because of the end of this and exactly I had, I had news to write and like all my news I was like hey be on the lookout for somebody returning soon because of something and then this happened and I was like well that I wasted four and a half minutes of my life writing that well, we actually had three returns Well, do you tonight. want to talk about the first one? Yeah. Get it. So Shorty G faces Dash Wilder, and he makes him tap out. But then afterwards, Scott Dawson attacks him, and they double-team him. But we hear Seamus' music, and he comes it, out. It's a shame to say nope. lobster head. <laughs> no. Damn it. Seamus Brogue kicks. He clears the revival out of the ring and then Brogue kicks Shorty G. So I guess he will be a heel. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, so Seamus is back. And that was what I was going to say. Like, be on the lookout for Seamus's return. And I assumed he was coming to SmackDown because uh, Drew McIntyre already has bagpipe music on Raw. And Vince has a one bagpipe music song for <laughs> show. So I'm not shocked at this at all. But dude, got no heat. Because nobody no, gives a shit no about Shorty G. So it's just like, oh, you kick that little short dude in the shorts. That sucks. He could have had more of a pop at Rumble being like... And, like, I don't understand why they are hyping all these people up. I want a surprise. I want shock factor back. They would rather get 50,000 retweets than a pop at, at Royal Rumble. Would you want to see Sheamus? Do you want to see him back with Cesaro? Or do you want to see him be a singles competitor again that's which a, that's a good question because i think sheamus and cesaro were both really good together i agree but that also means that that's the peak right, right? so it's like well how many times have they held the titles it's up there i think yeah but the tag title see here's the problem with wwe the only titles that matter are the world titles. Let me ask you what's more important in something real quick. In your mind as a wrestling fan, what's more important? The U.S. title and or the Intercontinental title or the Money in the Bank briefcase? The Money in the Bank. <laughs> so you don't even have a belt. You have a briefcase. And in your mind, that's more important. 
Because Nakamura hasn't even defended the Intercontinental title. And I ha- agree with you. I'm just saying I mean, like, that's the state we're what at What do now. you expect? So you saying like, oh, they have the tag team championships. That's great. But like, unless uh-huh. it's a world title in WWE or the money in the bank, it, whatever you have around your shoulder, it doesn't matter. <sighs> I guess you're right. Uh, so. What's fucking new? Alright, speaking of returns, Miz and Kofi Kingston fight each other, and this all stemmed from Kofi and Big E trying to joke with Miz, but, you know, Miz was in his shitty mood. So he knocked the pancake tray from Kofi's hand. Alright, they have their match. Kofi beats Miz, but afterwards, Miz ambushed Kofi from behind. Um, and Michael Cole is going off about how much of an emotional wreck Miz is. So Miz leaves and Kathy Kelly goes to his dressing room door, knocks on it. None other than John Morrison answers and says Miz is done talking. And that's it. That's all we see from John Morrison. Who is hyped up to return. You know, we don't know when he's coming. The internet is hyping it up. And this is how you show him on TV. This was very underwhelming to me. What do you think they were doing? (laughs) Right? Right. That's weird. Miz is done talking tonight. I know they were... I know they used to be tag team partners. That was when I didn't watch. But, I mean, is this going to lead to a feud with the New Day? Or probably. Ugh, I don't want that. They, dude. This is just WWE. Like, this is classic them not knowing what to do, not thinking outside the box, using old shit, and it ain't happened yet. But with their track record, you can just tell that's where it's gonna go. And Morrison's back, and he just had a really killer run in TNA. He had a really killer run in Lucha Underground. And they're gonna bring him back, and he's gonna be. The, he's gonna have a tag team run. He's gonna have some cool spots in the Rumble. But by SummerSlam, we won't even be talking about him anymore. Right? Probably not. All right. So it looks as if we will be getting a Nakamura Braun Strowman feud, and this is another thing I absolutely hate. I absolutely hate that Nakamura hasn't had anybody to defend the title against. And I hate that it's probably going to be Braun Strowman. If you ask me the wrestler I like the least right now, it would be Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is slowly becoming the dude who's been a senior for six years. He's just like the big guy. And like, and two weeks ago, they had him dancing in the ring. This is so, done. Yeah. You're he the- could have been, man, <laughs> he could have been anything. There was a point where I was like, if you want to fix Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt, this was like three years ago. I, I was thinking, if you want to fix Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt, the way you do it is Braun Strowman. You make Braun be a monster, run through Roman, injure him. Bray comes back, because remember, Bray was gone for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Bray comes back, basically says, like, I got to tame the monster I created. Braun goes through him too, and then Roman comes back and beats him. And I, I thought in my head, I was like, "That's what's going to get Roman over." But now he's just like, and he looks—he's in the best shape he's been in. He's a joke, though. I know, but he like if you look at him. Oh, I know, I know. And I'm sure up live and in living color, it's even more crazy. But yeah, they poo pooed on him. 
I, Vince is jealous of his big ass. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, fuck that guy. On to the main event. We have Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. So not much to say about this match, except Daniel Bryan still looks really good in the ring, as he did a few years ago. He's the best in the world. He, I mean... He's the best in the world. And he's looking good in WWE matches. Do you know how hard <laughs> Yeah. So towards the end, all of a sudden we hear a dramatic noise and the lights go down. And the fiend appears and gives Brian a mandible claw. Basically to take Brian out of the match. Corbin and Ziggler handcuff Roman and get the wet dog food out. But all of a sudden we hear the... You should do this. I don't even know what it sounds like. Anymore. All of a sudden, we hear the. What's it do? Ooh, so. Are they still locked up in the penitentiary? No, they came to save Roman. So I have two questions. One, did you like their hair? And since you didn't watch, I'm guessing you haven't seen their hair. So go ahead and Google that right now. What they do? It's just don't. I like their long hair better. Yeah, I don't know which one this is, but he looks he just looks like a really tanned Robert Roode now. That's the sober one. Oh good. Good. Well Wait, never mind. Who knows? <laughs> Thanks, Ooze. Thanks, cuz. I like the Usos. By the way, they're one of my favorite tag modern day tag teams. They got better. They sucked about five years ago when they first started and they were wearing all their stupid colors and their face paint. Where the hell is Naomi? I want her to manage them. No. I like the. I like it. The glow sticks must have ran out. I liked. I liked when they were together. Bring it to the floor. As a floor. I think. That's pretty dope. I do like that. So SmackDown was pretty good. We had three returns in one show, which was unexpected. Um, Wait, who else returned? It was Usos, Morrison, and Sheamus. Sheamus. Technically four returns. There's two Usos. <laughs> I would go as far as to say this was the best show of the year. <laughs> Please, five stars. You got it? I did. You no, got the joke? Not bad. Because it's the first show of the year. Shall we talk about Raw? We just yeah, got finished. We, we finished just got up. finished watching Raw. So we are we are hot and ready. The first two hours were great. And the last hour mm-hmm. took four hours. Tonight's show starts with Brock Lesnar and Heyman. And Heyman says... Heyman says there is nobody in the locker room man enough or worthy enough to share the spotlight with Brock Lesnar. And he also throws in the streak being conquered against Taker, which, I mean, I like that they're still referring to that because it's one of the most, the biggest moments in wrestling history. Um, And the fact that they're still using it. Go. Are you telling me to wrap it up? No, I'm twirling. (laughs) Okay. Uh... Okay, wrap it up. So, we find out Brock will be entering the Royal Rumble as the number one entry. Okay? Okay. So, what do you think about this? I think, I'm not going to tell you yet, because we're doing a Royal Rumble podcast as a little bonus episode, and I'll let you know there. <laughs> However, okay. I'm very intrigued by this. Well... Although, I'm a... Man, I wanted to see... I'm kind of like a historian a little bit, right? Like, I need need rules and I need to understand things. I just have to say really quick on this podcast because I'm too excited. Okay, you know what could happen or should happen? Brock will win and fight the fiend. Listen, no, it would be epic. 
So, it's Brock. He's taking everybody out. And there's one more entry left. Who is it? Who would you think? Edge. (laughs) That, too. (laughs) (laughs) That, too. But if it's not Edge, it should be Dio and Madden. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Dude, you thought Ziggler had a bad pop. He needs revenge. (laughs) He's been taken out for months. and He's been training. Do you remember when Maven threw out The Undertaker? Yeah. Do you know what happened to Maven like a year later? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got fired because nobody gave a shit about him. No, but this could lead to like a huge angle. Uh, Only if Dio has been in training. Some which... would say a Kurt angle. This That's not going to happen, and it shouldn't happen, and no, that's terrible. Okay. But let me ask you this. Did he say... I, I was driving, and I was listening to it, but I didn't catch everything. Did he say anything... Uh, specifically about The Fiend? No. Nothing was mentioned of The Fiend. So he just basically said that Brock just wants to count, like he wants to dominate. Yeah. Because he's the champion. So what happens if he wins? Does he not have to? He's not going to win. This is what, I mean, I don't think he's going to win. I think he will, he could win. Uh, but then what? Does he say I'm gonna fight the fiend, or does he say I'll I'm gonna not challenge anybody because I won, so therefore I shouldn't have to fight at WrestleMania? Well, you know what? I don't know. Dude, you know it gets so much fucking heat. What? If every time somebody comes out, he just immediately eliminates. Exactly. Them. That's no, what but I think. Like that all shit. thirty of them, not even getting close to the end. Just every time somebody comes in, he just throws. Oh, them out. dude! dude if we went, get so much heat. If we went to that, I would be dude. fucking livid. <laughs> I'm trying to promote the next episode. We'll talk we're more doing, about. I think we're doing great. You're cutting me off. And it's needed. We'll talk more about Brock and what we think or hope or could conspiracize. Is conspiracize a word? Yeah, Lana. It is. <laughs> about Brock Lesnar. Okay. Quit lighting up on the fucking podcast. It's a candle. Damn it. It stinks in your house. Okay. Next, we have a United States Championship match between Andrade, who is champion, and Rey Mysterio. Rey, before the match, does an interview backstage where he thanks his son, Dominic, for letting him compete still. And I'm getting sick of this. I'm not going to lie. I love Rey Mysterio. He's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's an icon. He's a wrestling god. But, I mean... He's just becoming too soft for me. Hey, WWE, let me save you some time and money. Nobody gives a shit about Rey Mysterio's kid as a wrestler. <laughs> that ain't gonna work. We don't care. No, no one's gonna care. Sorry. Sorry, Ray. I might care a little. But here's the thing. You won't. You won't. You won't care. He's not gonna... No. But uh, that's where it's going. You don't know that. <sighs> Give Dominic the benefit of the doubt. So the crowd was pretty into this match, which definitely added to it. It was a really good match. Yeah, I've enjoyed the matches between Andrade and Ray, but I just feel like Andrade needs to move on as champion and move on from this feud for a little while at least. This you know? is going on for so long, it doesn't give him heat anymore. Let's like, talk about, yeah, let's talk about the end. It was bizarre. Let's go to the finish. 
Ray had accidentally hit Zelina outside of the ring, and he felt extremely bad about it. So he lost focus. They get in the ring, but then like there was a little bit of a schmozzy schmoz here. It was weird. Yeah. So they get in the ring, and then Ray kind of pushes Andrade out. And then Ray rolls back outside, and he looked either hurt or gassed or confused. And he goes outside and starts looking at Vega, and then he's, like, looking at the referee saying, like, oh, what have I done? I Um, thought he was going to, like, pass out. And then um, he rolls back in, and they go for the finish. The DDT's hit. One, two, three. And somehow, uh, when Andrade's music hit, Selena Vega was just like, oh, I'm good. It was like the remedy yeah. she needed. She's like, oh. So afterwards, Andrade took off Ray's mask. So you don't just take off Ray Mysterio's mask. This feud will definitely probably continue on, which, why? By the way, congratulations are in order for Andrade and Charlotte Flair. They got engaged. Did you know that? Yeah, Charlotte Flair finally found a man that only knows half the English language and won't get tired of her in 25 minutes. <laughs> Kudos. How do you know that? Nobody has triple D titties in a single, except for Charlotte Flair. Can you imagine getting in a fight with Ric Flair's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never sleep again. Like, legitimately, like, you just get a knock on your door at 3.40 in the morning, and it's like Arn Anderson outside, just like, <laughs> the fucking enforcer is here. Well, he's in AEW, so he's busy. He's still the enforcer. There was a triple threat match between, a tag team match between the Viking Raiders, the OC, and the Street Profits. Um, and this was for the titles. Montez Ford's dialogue has been cringe to me lately. Agreed. And you you know, agree? Yep. And the OC has been papoo, and the Viking Raiders haven't really done anything. Honestly, you can move on to the end of this. Okay, well, the Viking Raiders fucking retained. Of course they did. And they're just almost as boring as the Revival. Oh, my God. They are! Dude... You don't understand. I was actually thinking that OC would win, but... Shame on you for thinking. Yeah. All right, let's talk about my girl, Becky Lynch. So, she comes out tonight looking extra hot in her yellow shirt, her yellow Kill Bill-esque shirt. And then, like, the red hair looked really good with the yellow top and the black leather pants looked really amazing. Do you need to change panties? <laughs> No, but I like talking about her last few promos on Asuka have been very good. And the are you anticipating this match between Becky and Asuka at Rumble? Am I anticipating it? Yes. Like, do you want to see it? Yes. Okay. Nah, like we always talk about stories and storytelling. This and is this a story. Is yeah, this is exactly what we're talking about. This is a, over a year long, and they did a really good job with the video package kind of showing the length of it and everything yeah i yeah this is probably i'm probably the most excited about this as far as one of the main matches other than the rumble because of that oscar comes out after becky starts talking and shows the video package of all the times oscar beat her and so she comes out talking and dancing and just acting really arrogant in the middle of Becky's speaking. I actually have a trans, a translated 
I think it's rough. She said, hey, Becky, does the carpet match the drapes? Now, granted, my Chinese and Japanese and Mandarin is very rough. Does the carpet match the drapes or did your boyfriend's ice cold promo put it out? So that's what Oscar said on the way out to the no, ring. Uh, that's not really true. Uh, that's what I got. So Becky punches Oscar, then dips out, and Oscar is livid. Kind of made Oscar look like a. I think, and we'll have more of this on our Rumble episode, but just for you guys for listening, I think Becky will win and retain, and then Rhonda might come out. What? Shut up. Or. Rhonda will cost her nope. the title. What? Save it. Okay, well, I didn't say the second part. You, can you guys will have to. More. <laughs> yeah. In the future. In the Rumble episode. What do you think is in Eric Rowan's cage? Dude, I told you. It's probably like a bird or a cat or some something stupid that he made. Dead. Like for, Stuffed. It's, it's not real. It's a doll. Who cares? Mojo Rally freaked out. He got a peek and. Yeah, so here's here's a fun little fact. The last three weeks, a bunch of jobbers run around trying to look in his cage, and he beats the shit out of them for it. Right. Mojo Riley, Raleigh, whatever the first name is, or whatever his fucking name is, is the first guy to say, hey, bud, can I see? And he was like, yeah, dude. So why haven't we just asked him? Well, maybe that's the thing. Since Mojo asked politely, he didn't get mad. Those so jobbers, those jobbers haven't been asking. They've just been going and looking. If they're off, WWE only had a reporter backstage somewhere with a microphone that could ask that. It's a good point, actually. Well, I think Charlie asked that last week, and he didn't. He so did. he's sexist. No, he doesn't want everyone to know. Ah, just, just Mojo. Mojo. Should we talk about Orton and AJ? Because you have a hot take on this. If you want to briefly bring, we have yeah, we have to like recap a little bit. Uh, last week, we see breaking news about Orton sustaining a left knee injury at a live show. So he comes out on crutches, and he can barely get in the ring. And at this point, when I saw him, now he's really selling hard. But I even texted Jared. I was like, I think this might be a work. I'm hoping it's a work. So he finally gets in the ring after struggling a bit. And it looks like he's about to tear up. The crowd starts chanting his name. He says he will be out a long time, but there is a chance he won't be able to come back. He also, which is interesting, he brought up Edge. And he said, like, I don't have a lot of respect for a lot of men, but Edge is one person because of, like, the whole... He had to retire after his injury and stuff. So that was interesting that he mentioned Edge. So anyways... AJ comes out and starts making fun of him and kicks his crutch and says he will see him at Mania. But then all of a sudden, Orton RKO's him out of nowhere. So I like this. I liked everything, the build, like even working us from the live show, the photo. Jared has a different reasoning. Jared Martin, so moment go for it. Yeah, so. According to Randy Orton, if this scheme is what he says it is, he purposefully lost a match at a live show just to RKO AJ during an interview. To bait him. 
So lost a match to RKO somebody during the interview. Then at the end of the promo, he says, AJ, you know what the difference is between you and me? <laughs> you kind of sound like him. You're patient, and I'm not. And then RKO's him. Well, Randy, obviously you are pretty fucking patient because you just made a two-day elaborate fucking plan to hit a finisher on a dude when you could have just snuck in the ring and hit it like you normally do every other fucking week. Maybe he was talking about he's patient. He's not patient enough to wait until WrestleMania. Yeah, no shit that that's what he means, but... That doesn't mean that you had to go through this elaborate plan well, to do called, that. Well, it's called... It is called... It's called We Have Shit to Do. It's called creative writing. Dude, if you had a story, if you had a fucking story, and then Orton got hurt, and you thought, oh, we'll make a swerve, and you thought that swerve's better than your original plan that you already had written, you're a bad writer. Okay. Paul Heyman sucks. He does. He's I thought he would be. Right I now. thought he yep. would be better than what I'll he. I'll say it. Fuck it. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jared Martin, and Paul Heyman sucks right now. So we are going to give you guys a special treat and talk about the Lashley Lana <laughs> wedding check, segment. Check under your seats. What? We're gonna give you a special treat. Just check under your seats. Okay, well, you totally ruined my joke, so whatever. Oh, God. Okay, start Um, over, start over. No. Okay, how uncomfortable did Bobby Lashley look during this wedding? He looked just as uncomfortable as he does any time there's a camera (laughs) (laughs) Hey. I like Lashley. Where was his sisters? They would have been so happy for him. No, but, like, the look was written all over his face. He, He couldn't even fake it. Here's my take. Because I see you got a lot of shit wrote up, and I don't think any of it matters. My notes. Here's my take. This whole thing is done because this is going to be the premise of next year's Total Divas segment. No. Yep. They're filming everything now. This will be the premise. It'll be watch watch the stuff that happened when we were getting 5 million views on YouTube. Because that's what they're going for. That's what this is. And we're they took 20 minutes to the main event of Raw for it. I didn't even hate it. I thought it was so cringy it was hilarious. I was literally trying to put my baby to sleep, gut laughing, at how big of a disaster this was. I thought the preacher guy was hilarious when he pulled off the marriage. <laughs> uh, Bill Belichick lookalike. The Lana just fell apart at the seams, lost herself in promos, has no idea how to get heat. Like, she's the opposite of Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. Vicky Guerrero had that timing and could control the crowd. Lana is just talking. And you can tell that people have told her what to say, and that's all she knows what to say. And she'll start thinking, and you can see it in her head. Like, her eyes start clicking like they're a clock. And it's like... You can see in her head that she's starting to think, what did Vince tell me or what did Paul tell me or what did whoever tell me to say? And then she'll say it. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's just standing there like Very he shit his pants yeah, and he's hiding it from the world. yeah. And we're all like, Bobby, we know you shit your pants. <laughs> I don't know. It's It was funny. It's I don't love it. I don't give a damn about Rusev and Lashley. The feud does nothing. Okay, but we have to mention, like, one little thing. Just did. We see Liv Morgan come out, and 
she starts crying and asking, how could you do this to me? But she isn't talking about Lashley. She's talking about Lana. So this is how Liv Morgan returns. After they've been hyping her up with these vignettes for weeks. This is how she returned last week. And tonight she had like five seconds of screen time. Saying that she's going to be in Rusev's corner. I can't wait for her next For the rematch. For the... Another rematch. Yep. So, there's that. Anyway. If a table match wouldn't settle it, yeah. this one will. And the fu- the Rusev promo tonight about I'm at the beach where he's just in oh, the green screen. The green. There's no waves moving. He cuts <laughs> like this promo where he's like, I'm going to be cheesy on purpose, but uh-huh. it came off so bad. No, you know why he's cheesy, quote, on purpose? It's because he's actually cheesy. So he's trying to say, well, he's trying to milk that I'm even doing further. it on purpose. Like, oh, I'm too cool for school. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I I get that vibe from him. I really do. Yeah. He doesn't like to be... Well, see, I don't know, because when they did that 70s uh, parody wrestling, I can't remember the name of it anymore, but Rusev was in it, and he was like, funny, I don't know. This this sucks. I mean, he's funny, but... Yeah. I watched him on Total Divas. Trash, man. And, uh... What was that? Oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> Shit, my like a gunshot. Okay, why is Drew? Why does Drew McIntyre not have a feud still? Hey, they're doing something with him. It looks like Drew McIntyre is turning face. I feel, I felt that too. But although he did kick a cheeseburger, <laughs> and that's in generally, in, or generally in the rules of wrestling, if you he, kick a cheeseburger, he ruined the conga line. That's yeah. not a babyface move. It depends on where you are. If you're in South America, no, it is not a babyface move. All right, let's talk about Rollins, Kevin Owens' angle. So last week, I just want to brief you guys. Seth Rollins came out and started asking Kevin when he will learn as AOP attacked him. Then we see Samoa Joe in his attire, might I add, and he came out to get his revenge on AOP because, if you guys forgot... AOP put him through the commentary table. And also, I wish they would quit having Charlie ask stupid questions. Because (laughs) last week, she asked Joe, like, Joe, why get involved? But, I mean, they put him through a table. You feel me? Oh, I don't know, Charlie. (laughs) Do you not watch the damn show? Yeah. So, this week, tonight... We saw a tag match with Kevin Owens and Joe teaming up with a mystery third man to take on AOP Rollins. After watching the interview, I was hoping it would be someone from NXT, possibly Keith Lee, just because he's a big man, another big man. You got a big man, all right. And this was important, I felt like, because a lot of times lately, we've been extremely disappointed on these mystery partner angles. So, on to the mystery partner. Mm, Who would it be? Would it be Keith Lee? (laughs) Would it be Adam Cole? Would it be... Um, Pete Dunne? No. Fuck you. It's the big show. The big show. Like, what? 
No. <sighs> the big no. And honestly, we can't even tell you what happened at the end of it. Did, we didn't even we watch. Through our phones at the TV. Okay, it's not that serious. But yeah, we weren't really paying attention to this match. Oh, dude. And the way they did this, the way they teased it every three seconds, and the way they did it, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's the first segment of the year, it's the first segment of the new decade. Yeah. And you give me the big show. And I guarantee you that the only reason they did that is so they could be like, well, he's been fighting for four decades now. Uh, You're right. Dude. Like, when Big Show retired, or the last match he had was with Braun Strowman, and Braun beat the hell out of him in, like, a cage match. Remember, they broke the cage. Oh, yeah. And, like, he walked off and was, like, crying and waving. (laughs) And, like, nobody... <laughs> fucking gave a shit. They're like, yeah, all right, bud, we appreciate it. Like, <laughs> he kind of came back to the same response where everybody was like, well, because he always does that I shit. Know, I feel bad for him. Everybody wanted something big, and when it was the big show's music, everybody was like, oh, okay, yeah. <sighs> it's like getting a two-liter drink. And twisting the top off and it not making a sound at all. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> shit, this isn't going to be good. This is flat. <laughs> all right, but next week they advertised a, quote, fist, the first ever fist fight. Cool that you brought that up and that you brought up earlier that last week promo. Last week, I don't know if you remember, Seth Rollins came out and was telling the AOP, it's cool, guys. They're not going to kick us out. They can't kick us out. If they kick us out, the numbers will go down and they won't have a show. And now they are telling us that there will be a first ever fist fight. Who is they? I can't get invested in this if I don't know who's making these rules, who's making these matches, what's going on. Like, none of this is is going by too fast. And I'm usually, I'm not saying you have to have a GM or anything. I think what William Regal does in NXT is perfect Mm -hmm. because he's there when they need him. But otherwise, when stuff happens, the announcers can just go to William Regal did this. And he's not a heel. He's not a face. He's just running the show. And he might have, he's might have been on 13 to 17 shows in the past year. They always think... See, this is the problem. They always think the GMs have to either be babyface or have to be healed. Dude, because... Pardon me. Because when Vince got the biggest cable ratings, that's what it was. Right. It was him. As a heel. As a heel. And he's kind of kind of trying to ride that pony a little bit. Well, it's not working. It's not. He doesn't have the same roster he used to have. That's what made the attitude there. Not the stories. Not Vince Russo. All right. You're going on your tangent. So, Raw started off good, but it fell flat at the end. It poo-pooed for sure. Yeah. All right. Look, let's go through these next two real quick. I honestly don't even think we need to go over NXT. It was an award show. And pretty much yeah. the un, the Undisputed Air pretty much won everything. Well, on to AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. All right. So Dynamite was in Jacksonville this weekend. Go Jags. Or, or, yeah. Which is the, Not really. the home office, if you will. But uh, go ahead. Alright, so the first match to kick off the first Dynamite of the year, Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes. And we know that this stemmed from Darby Allen challenging Cody. How did you like 
Darby Allen's mini video package with the Cody mask. The Cody mask was cool. I didn't understand the dude with no legs. I didn't know who the guy was that was coming out with the Cody mask when Darby came out. I had no idea who that dude was. Well, Cody and Taz was like, "Oh, it's a lead singer of Burger uh, Burger." And I was okay, like, whatever. No, nobody knows who that is. Cody comes out with none other than Arn Anderson, who is now being portrayed as head coach of the Nightmare Family, and he was coaching Cody ringside, like whispering in his ear. So this match started off pretty slow to me, but it picked up towards the end. Uh, Darby did a coffin drop to Cody, but Cody had his knees up. And I don't know, commentary at this spot seemed confused. Did Were you listening? Yeah, I did. And we should note that Tony Schiavone was not here and that the... That Taz. Taz with one Z. Oh. <gasps> I didn't notice that. Was doing commentary. He did a pretty good job. Oh, I loved it. And I hated him back in the day on SmackDown. I like Taz. Except for, well, <laughs> here goes the pain. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. Uh, but yeah, um, just a couple things on this for me. Was not as good as the first match. Don't need the Arn, and, and I don't know where it's going, so I can't criticize it yet. Yeah. But I don't need the Arn Anderson thing. I think it's kind of stupid, especially since Cody can't get another title match. What do you need a coach for? <laughs> good thinking so. there. Yeah. Well, it ended with Cody running into the exposed turnbuckle that Darby Allen earlier had untied. And Darby going for the coffin drop, but Cody blocked it because of the warning he got from Arn. So, I want to know, like, how do you like watching Cody as a wrestler? Do you like watching his matches, and where does he rank for you on the roster based on talent? Yeah, so Cody's not a great wrestler, but here's the deal. Do you remember the movie Rudy? Yeah. Rudy wasn't a great football player, but at the end of that movie, his entire teammates, including players that were better than him, were carrying him on their shoulders. Uh-huh. Cody's Rudy. <laughs> Cody's the story you want to root for. He's the guy, he's okay. the underdog that you always want to push for. Okay, I want you to discuss the... Dark- oh, we got to go over one thing. Just real quick. The There was a women's match that... Uh, I thought was good. I didn't like and it. And you didn't like. No. I thought it was the best women's match they've had on TV. Well, so that's far. not saying much. Right. So, Rhea wins that. Uh, how did she win? Did she roll up Britt Baker? Yeah, she rolled up Britt Baker. Okay. And then Nyla Rose put her through a table afterwards. After the match. Right. So, Nyla Rose looks good. Britt gets the pin. Rhea wins. Uh, and afterwards, I do remember that Britt Baker came back, cut a promo on Rhea saying, I'm here. I'm carrying AEW. I'm here weekly. And then you come in and just roll me up after I do the dirty work. See, and to her point, why do why should we care about Rio if she's never on TV? Why should we care about that title if it's never on TV? Okay, it's like you could say, well, Brock does the same thing. No, you can't. Brock is already an established wrestler. He's a Hall of Famer. We don't know Rio. I agree. At with least you. the casual fan doesn't. So to build that title and to build her character, we need to see her more. Yeah, be careful when writing this story that you're not automatically writing Britt Baker as a as a heel because a lot of people are gonna side with her. 
they're gonna feel like yeah, yeah she's right yeah she's right. right exactly all right so do you want to discuss the whole dark order angle or that's on you because you, <laughs> Dude, you signed up you signed up to be in the dark order i did and i did not i signed up to be in the dark order so here's my problem with it so the last time we saw the dark order on tv was the big show that they had the week before New Year's. And um, let me just briefly go over this. There was a bunch of guys in green mask. There were three men in purple mask. We found out that two of the men in purple mask were, I can't remember the name, please pardon me, but that tag team that were jobbers and we're in the vignettes. So, we don't know who the purple, the third purple mask is. If you watch Being the Elite, you find out that someone washed blood off their hands, took the purple mask off, threw it in the trash, and walked away. If you continue to watch Being the Elite, you found out that someone put the purple mask with a note that says, Once you join the Dark Order, you can never leave. At a hotel room door, knocked on the door, walked away, and whoever was in that mask picked up that note. And then, if you signed up for the Dark Order, like I did, you got an email today that showed a message where now we found out that there's a leader of the Inner Circle, or the the Dark Order, that was giving Uno instructions. And also telling Uno to beat the shit out of the guy who was missing Cody. Remember that? Yeah. The guy was throwing punches and missing Cody. Great work here. They told Uno to find out who that person was and to (laughs) destroy him because they were giving Dustin Rhodes mercy. Right. So fucking smart. Because honestly, they probably hired some actor and said, hey, put this mask on, go out there and pretend to beat this guy up. Like, we don't have the talent to... Because they don't have a big roster. They can't put 30 guys in a bunch of masks and send them out there. The fact that they turned that... Like, they were a laughing stock on Twitter for that. I thought that was great. The fact that they... What? Who's going to see that other than the 15,000 people that signed up for the email? They need to show and it. And the 7,000 that are going to look at You don't at the think email. they'll show it on TV? They have <sighs> to. I don't know. So here's my problem. If you've just watched AEW Dynamite, I totally understand why the Dark Order shit sucks for you. Right. I am super into it because I've watched the Being of the Elite and I've watched the Dark Order emails and stuff that's came in. Here's the deal. That's not on you. You should not have to go and find these things. Yeah. AEW should bring them to you. That's their fault. I know. Because how can the casual viewer who just turns it on every week on TNT watch it and then have no idea what is going right. on? The last time the casual viewer saw The Dark Order was a laughing stock. And I agree with it. Yeah. And I've watched this extra stuff and I'm like, damn, this is kind of like well, I'm into this. Who's this leader? Like, who is this? Moving on, we have Trent from Best Friends fight John Moxley. Uh, how'd you like this match? I like Trent from I Best like Friends. I like Trent and, dude, I love the Best Friends with uh, Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. They, yeah. I think Mark Henry said it best on his Busted Open podcast and radio show. I don't know what it is about this kid, but when he's on the screen, I enjoy watching the screen. Yeah. Yeah, I do. We also know that John Moxley is the number one contender for Jericho's AEW World Title. 
So Sammy Guevara comes out after their match, and I don't know why, I thought he would have a thick Spanish accent. I was disappointed, to say the least, about that. He sounds like your all-American boy. Yeah, I feel like he's one of those that's, like, his parents came from South America, and he probably was here already. He's the Spanish god. He's supposed to have that Spanish accent. Just a little. Roll your R's a little bit, Sammy. (laughs) Jericho comes out and starts pitching Moxley to join the inner circle and lead it with him. So he offered him 49% of the inner circle LLC, executive vice president, and a Ford GT. How much is that car worth? What do you say? It was like... Half a million dollars? At least. Mox says he respects Chris Jericho and he will give him his answer next week to his face. So, obviously, Moxley can't join the inner circle. Just just because, you know... Yeah, I agree. He can't. I get very... I get a feeling of like the WCW when DDP turned down the NWO vibe from this. However, I will say this... In wrestling, there's been a lot of angles like this. Like, hey, we want to entice you by giving you this. In fact, AEW just did a stupid one with that stupid ring. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. And now that we're three weeks past that and we see that it didn't go anywhere, it's kind of like, all right, that sucked. Now, this is the first time in wrestling where they're like, hey, you can have this. And I'm like, damn, that's a a pretty sweet car. Like, I, I would understand if Moxley took this. Like it's not something like, hey, we'll give you we'll give you twenty thousand dollars if you go break Stone Cold's leg. Remember when Triple H had like a bounty or something? Yeah. Like this is the first time that in wrestling where it's like, oh that's that's a legit offer. Well Moxley has more integrity than that, Jared. Yeah, based on Speaking of the Dynamite Diamond what? Ring MJF comes out to give Cody his stipulations for their match, and this is probably the angle I'm most excited about on AEW. He says he wants the match to be at Revolution, which is the next big pay-per-view. One. When is that? February 39th. I don't know. If Cody touches him, these are stipulations. One. If Cody touches him, he will never get a match. Two. He thinks it's only fair that Cody should have to go one-on-one with an opponent of his choosing and beat them, and he chooses Wardlow, and it has to be in a steel cage. Three. He wants Cody to get down on all fours while MJF whips him ten times. I'm very Ooh. aroused. <laughs> what do you think about that last one? What What's... I think... That's there's no way that's gonna happen. Is that just Cody uh, like writing booking himself as Jesus? <laughs> I don't know, but the the facial expressions Wardlow makes has me concerned. He's like an like an ogre or something. Yeah, I think that's just what steroid abuse will do to you. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm excited about this. Yeah, MJF once again. Once again. Great on the stick. Best promo in the business. And he's like 14 years old. <laughs> he's great. All right, let's move on. And he's getting some size on him. Well, hanging around Warlow will do it to you. Yeah. Clanging and banging, baby. For the main event, we have 
Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks take on Pac and the Lucha Bros. And we had Hangman Page on commentary. So this match was really good. Fire, fire, fire. Really good. The action was nonstop, literally back and forth between both teams. Fast-paced and just so much fun to watch. Like, I could watch an hour compilation of Kenny Omega's Snapdragon suplexes. You could argue that this is the sixth best talent that AEW has on their roster in this match. Oh, the six best, yeah. This is these are the six best as far as talent. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Cody, you got MJF, right. both probably better on the mic than in the ring. Oh uh, yeah, and it made me realize how much like WWE doesn't or didn't appreciate Pac. Like, Dude. how do you let Pac go? I've been telling. How do you let mind. this man, this beast <laughs> of a wrestler? <laughs> you remember what was uh, what's the girl that used to announce name that sings? Lillian. Lillian Garcia. When she'd announce him, she go. Pretty great. Dude, they they really fucked up with like Yeah, dude, their- Pox money. I told you he's my dude. I think you could do anything with this dude. Right now with the bastard gimmick, he's being a heel, but man, like put a little bit of color in your shorts instead of wearing the <laughs> black and like don't be a dick and yeah. you, the whole crowd will love him. Right. Like the dude could do whatever he, he he's great. So the elite win the match and Cody comes in the ring to hug them. Adam Page says he's getting out of here and the elite call for him to come in the ring to celebrate. But he basically says no thanks. Uh, he didn't say no thanks. A well, lot, I've heard a lot of pod- his- I've heard a lot of podcasts and a lot of news people talk about this and they're like, yeah, they mouthing? wanted him to come and he he did she didn't want to. What he specifically said was, "I didn't do anything." Yeah. I didn't do anything. Why would I come? So I didn't. I didn't do anything. So it's not that he necessarily wants out. There's also this thing of like, there's a battle within himself. There was also a oh, great. There hey. was also a great line where I believe Jr. is talking to about Matt Jackson and how they're Phoenix, the best talent, best talent in AEW for my money. Yeah. and he kind of just chuckles and goes, "Well, thanks." thanks. He did a really good job here without overdoing he the did. I'm drunk. Like they didn't he did a really good job of being quiet, subtle, and everything he said counted. But yeah. You did match. but you did say a couple of months well, it was like after full gear, you said that something's up with Adam Page and I can see him turning on the elite. Dude, again, this is they did a better job on being the elite and after dark and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. To where I watch that stuff because I I like it. Like, being the Elite's like 15 minutes. After Dark's an hour long, but you can watch it on YouTube. So I kind of like, over the week of taking a shit once or twice a day, (laughs) I can finish it. So, but they do a better job telling the story about what's going on here. And uh, I can follow it better. But again, that's not the casual viewer's fault. Like, I think people would enjoy AEW Dynamite more if they watched Being the Elite. Mm-hmm. and if they, But they shouldn't have to do that. I know. Like, we're already invested. Nobody's going to do like, that. Right. Like, Except you. Oh, God. What is wrong with me? But, yeah. So, I mean. So, you don't know what's going on with Hangman. If he'll. Obviously, you don't know. But. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I've been saying for a while that I, this is going the direction. Now, I think it's pretty obvious. But, no. I, I mean, 
I don't know how it happens. I don't know where it happens. Yeah. But I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, so I like this episode. It was pretty good with progression, and I enjoyed Taz on commentary. So, great Me job. Me too, and I like the venue. Uh, I would not mind them switching up commentators and stuff every now and then. Me I thought either. that was fresh. Yeah. Uh, it brings some life to JR a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, everything was pretty good this week, but except for Rusev and Lot. Like, I can't do that anymore. I know. I can't. I don't know if we'll be talking about that, ladies and gentlemen. No, we have to. You have oh, to. We have to talk about the bad yeah. stuff, too. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to catch our Rumble episode coming soon. Our predictions or what we want to happen. All that jazz. And we will talk to you guys later. I love y'all.